You're now locked into Zone 32. Grant Durflinger, Jake Miller. Only on NeutralZoneInfraction.com. NCI Properties. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Zone 32 podcast. Presented to you as always by NZI Properties. Follow us on Twitter at NZI Properties. My name is Jake. His name is Grant. Maximus will be back soon. He's fought off that shit that was keeping him down. Anyway, say what's up to the people, Grant. What up, what up, what up? And Max is on the final level. He's almost there. He's almost there. That fucking bear couldn't keep his ass down. We miss you, dog. Get back soon. Anyway, football season's almost over. That's some bullshit. We got the AFC and the NFC Championship games to preview tonight. We'll get into a little bit of off-season talk towards the end. But anywho, let's jump into it. The first game at about 3.05 Eastern Standard Time, 12.05 Pacific on Fox. You got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling up to the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers. Quick little bit of note, it's going to be 12 degrees up there come game time. So Grant, I'm going to start with you. Who's going to the Super Bowl out of the NFC? Mother Nature. <laughs> that tundra is a whole different world. You know, it's different, like, the surface. You know, you got to get your cleats right. You got to, you know, I mean, I know that they have coils under the stadium and everything, but that doesn't do, that shit don't do it justice. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a really good matchup. You know, you're getting the highlight of the two quarterbacks. You know, you got Aaron Rodgers going against Tom Brady, which you see everything. But I think there's a lot more that's going to go into that game than actually the two quarterbacks. Um, I look forward to a really good matchup on the NFC side. Um, you know, feel bad for Drew Brees and everything losing. You know, somebody had to come out on top. So if he does decide to retire, um, you know, kudos to him. You know, he's one of the greats, um, if arguably, you know, one of the greatest or if not the greatest um, in some people's eyes. You know, if you look at stats or if you look at wins, you look at rings, you know, you have three greatest. Um, but, you know, I, I think that it's going to be tough for the Bucks to come in there. You know, the Packers are hot right now. They're playing with a lot of confidence. Um, defense has been playing a lot better for them too. Um, you know, we, we saw last week when the Rams came in, you know, the Rams do have that, they didn't have Cooper cup, but they do have that ability on offense to, you know, rack points and got a really good run game, which run game is essentially one of the knocks on the Packers defense. Um, Jair Alexander, you know, I think we talked about him a couple of weeks ago, you know, he's playing out of his mind as you know, per usual, you know, I really like his game a lot. I think he's, you know, got the ability to probably neutralize Mike Evans. I can probably kind of see them matching those two up because Jair is more of like a long corner, physical, likes to get in your face. Those are usually the ones that kind of tend to give Mike Evans problems and they get in his head a little bit. He's definitely one that if he gets in his head, he kind of his psyche switches a little bit. So um, I think that, you know, that's going to be a key matchup to kind of watch. You know, we're going to have to see what's going on with, you know, what they can generate a pass rush, um, you know, with this, as you mentioned, called them before the Smith brothers. Um, you know, Rashad Gary has been really coming on late, you know, kind of providing that additional pass rush factor to, you know, take some pressure off of, you know, one of those two, depending on what the scheme is for that specific play. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be something to watch. I think it's going to be a really close game. I could see it being a high scoring game. I think the over on the first half was like 12 and a half for the Bucks, 13, or I mean, not the over, but the points. We're like 12 and a half for the Bucks, 13 and a half for the um, for the Packers after the first half. I think that's an easy, you know, an easy bet. I, I see both teams kind of come out gunning. Um, it is going to come down to the defensive side of the ball. 
So I think it's really going to come down to, you know, which defense is going to kind of hold that, you know, who's going to get off the field on those third downs, you know, I could see, you know, a big time turnover. Um, don't know which team, but I feel like there's going to be a defensive or special team score. Uh, they're saying that AB is not going to play. Uh, you know, he's, he's having that knee issue. But I think that's going to give opportunity for uh, Tyler Johnson, who I'm a huge, huge fan of. Loved him in the draft process. You know, I thought he was a steal. Um, we saw a flash of him earlier in the season. Uh, I think I think Godwin was out, and that was before the AB time. It was a Monday night game, I believe. Um, it was the week that everybody started Scotty Miller and fantasy and FanDuel and all that and DFS, and he got Siri goose egged everybody. Um, but Tyler Johnson's that guy. He's electric. You know, he he runs great routes. You know, he gets in and out his breaks fast. You know, he can manipulate the defense in the secondary. Um, for a young guy, I mean, he's he's got potential and he's got that ability to kind of step in. You know, you're missing a big key part of the offense the past couple of weeks with AB being out, but I think Tyler Johnson can fill that void. I'm not saying he is AB, but I'm saying he can fill that void within the offense and you know create plays, create mismatches. You know, take pressure off when it needs there. Um, Run game's going to be kind of interesting. You know, we got playoff Lenny in, in the belt. Uh, but Aaron Jones, you know, Aaron Jones, he's had a phenomenal past two seasons. And um, Bucks run game or Bucks run defense is, is really stout. So that's kind of one of the matchups that I'm going to be really looking at. Uh, but to get into, like, my picks for the weekend, um, I'm taking Packers over the Bucks. I got it 37-31. Uh, my X factor is going to be Zadarius Smith. Uh, you know, we talked about him a little bit before the pod, you know, X Raven, but I think that this is a game where he can really, you know, continue onto his greatness that he's really built on the past two seasons. And, you know, this game is going to be, who's going to get to the quarterback. And I think he, you know, he's the guy, you know, he's the guy that's going to have to get there. He's going to have to win his matchups. You know, they're going to try to cheat chip, you know, they're going to try to get extra bodies in his way. Uh, but I, I think that he's savvy enough and he's, you know, he's, he's a great pass rusher. He can, you know, set that edge. Um, they like to run between the tackles a lot. So I'm not really, you know, too necessarily worried about him, you know, in the run game as much, but you know, he can do it if he needs to, but yeah, that's, that, that's what I'm going with, man. I'm going with, Oh, a rod Lazard's going to put the crown on him. He's going to hit the belt. Um, I do need him to get a rushing touchdown for my parlay. I need an Aaron Rodgers rushing touchdown. Let's get it. Go back to what you said about Zadarius Smith. The one who got away. It's a good X factor. I like the pick. And it's understandable. It's going to be 12 fucking degrees at Lambeau Field. The warm weather teams going up north to play in the frozen tundra, they generally don't do so hot in that in that kind of scenario. But that being said, hell with that. I'm taking the bucks. Give me Tampa Bay. Tom Brady. Hey, hey, Tampa Bay. That corny ass 80s song from the Bucks back in the day with Doug Williams and I forget the uh, the coach's name, but it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. The creamsicle Bucks. Hey, that was the great value Bears shuffle. That it was. That it was. But you know what? I'm taking Tampa Bay in this game. Why am I taking Tampa Bay in this game? Because at some point, I think it's going to come down to the running game. Because Tampa, you ain't going to be able to run the ball against them. They, they give up the fewest yards per carry. They give up the fewest touchdowns on the ground this year they've given up the fewest rushing yards total this year their front seven is elite their back end leaves a bit to be desired so the worry is again dealing with covering with the uncoverable Devonte adams he's been torching everybody so got to put two or three on him at least to put him away so then from there it becomes can Allen lazard and marquez valdez scanling get open for rogers and make plays so they can win the game that'll be the key i'm banking on them not doing that why 
because of the injuries along the Packers offensive line. Don't forget, David Bakhtiari's out for the year. And you got Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaquille Barrett coming to town. So all things considered, give me the bucks in that. Yeah, AB's out. But like you said, Tyler Johnson can play. Every time he's taken the field, he's made a play, especially in the red zone. They like him a lot there. Honestly, next year, say if the Bucks let Godwin and A.B. both go, I like Tyler Johnson in fantasy as a receiver too. Yeah. Like Maybe not as your receiver too, but yeah. as a reserve who could make something happen, like make something happen out of Mike Evans getting double covered. Give me that. I mean, I might, I might be exaggerating too, but, I mean, you're talking about a guy that probably gets like – you know, eight to ten snaps a game as far as pass as pass players. You know, he's going out running routes, and I'll bet you he makes a play on two or three of them. So I mean, even if you're looking at ten, you know, thirty percent of the plays that he's involved in, he's making a play. So you know, I mean, I think that I think that that's that's a lot to to take in too. Um, but yeah, I'm with you, man. Next year, you know, depending on what they do in free agency, I could see as long as Tom Brady's there, he loves AB. I don't really see him, especially he's kept his nose clean. He's, um, you know, he's 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 so far been a solid teammate unless shit's happened. They just haven't let it out. But yeah, I'm with you, man. I think Tyler Johnson is going to be definitely a sleeper. Absolutely. But back to the point of, of what I was talking about with the game, I have more faith in Rojo and Leonard Fournette getting off against that Packers front seven. than I do Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon and Jamal Williams getting off against that Bucks front seven. Rogers will have to sling, Rogers will have to sling it. And he definitely can. But that being said, can't do a whole lot of slinging if you're on your back. So I'm begging on that buck, that Bucks front seven getting the job done. My X factor is JPP because whoever is replaced, I don't even know who's replacing Bakhtiari. I forget that backup. But either way, you got a reserve left tackle blocking arguably the more productive of the two between he and Barrett this year. So yeah. all things considered, give me Tampa Bay. I'm going 31-28. Give me 31-28. And Ryan suck up kicking the game winning field goal to send him to the Super Bowl. But anyway, that's my thought. Now let's move on to the AFC Championship game where those Buffalo Bills who have who this is their first conference championship game since I want to say 1993 or 94. I want to say they took on Kansas City in that game as well, but I could be wrong. But either way, this is the first time they've been back to this point in the playoffs since the Jim Kelly, Thurman, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reid years. So they're heading off to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs who have made their third conference championship game appearance in three years. So, Grant, who wins? Who's representing the AFC in the Super Bowl? Well, it's going to be – They, I mean, they've already, they've already, you know, kind of seen each other a little bit. Um, both teams, it's going to be a gunslinger matchup. You know, the, we saw what the Bills did last week as far as the run game goes. I don't really see them coming out and being kind of that negligent to the run game this week just because they did it last week in a – only NFL offense that's that predictable is uh, Greg Roman's offense, but um, you know they're, they're, they they want to get it on the outside. They want to get the ball in their playmakers' hands in space. It's cliche, but that's what they want to do. Both teams. Um, I really like what the Chiefs have been doing with Tyreek Hill. Um, it's kind of what I've been saying this whole time. Like what you know Hollywood Brown's strength would be, and why we don't have it in pretty much every single pass tree concept that for each play. Um, is they got him in the slot and he's basically running, you know, those kind of choice routes. He's running, you know, quick outs. He's running quick slants, uh, seam routes. He's running um, the, what, what was it called? The, what was the play they ran? Swa- uh, Wasp. 
they run walls where, you know, where he can run a corner. And I mean, he wasn't a slow on that, but you know, long story short, but they always send him on a crossing route if he's not on a designated, but you know, majority of the time he's running a crossing route from the slot, which how do you defend somebody that fast and that much of a playmaker in the slot when they're just going to hit a cross right away, whether it's a short intermediate or a deep cross. So, you know, they just get the ball in his hand and letting him rock. And that's what, that's what smart offenses do. They don't try to over, you know, they don't try to oversimplify it too much, but they still throw in the concepts of I'm going to find ways to get the ball into my player's hands of space. They're not throwing really quick hooks into triple coverage. They're not throwing 10 yard stop routes on the outside, you know, in a cover three, like they, it's, it's just like, you know, I think that it's going to be, it's going to come down to both quarterbacks essentially, obviously um, do, you know, does Mahomes really take gambles this game? Does he try to run a little bit more? Does he try to scramble? You know, we all know how concussions are, you know, once you get one, they kind of grow, you know, it's easier to get the next one each time that you get one. I'm sure he's had many in his life, but with it being so frequent, and if you may be honest with you, he probably isn't cleared, but I'll be damned if they're going to a postpone the game because the quarterback's out from a concussion, one guy, or B, let the championship game happen, period, without him. So, you know, they're probably bringing him back too soon. But, hey, I'm not the doctor. Uh, but, you know, he could take one wrong pop, and that's it. But, you know, I'm really interested in looking at the matchup. You know, Matt Milano did really good on Mark Andrews. You know, he what had you talked about last week, four catches on 11 targets. Um, you know, I'm interested to see, you know, he's been really good in pass defense this year. Um, and you know, he wasn't he wasn't in the game the first time that they played. So we didn't really get to see what he could do. And I think Travis Kelsey had a pretty big game that game, too. Um, but you know what they're trying to do is their, their focal point is in the middle of that defense. And they're trying to work off of Kelsey to work to their outside receivers and get the ball to those players in space. So, you know, they're really smart with how they do that. They're, they're pre-snap motions like Andy Reid's a genius with getting defenses to show what they're going to do before they actually do it. So, um you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how those two kind of match up. That's not my X factor at all, but you know what I'm doing? I'm going with the boys up north. I'm picking the Bills for the upset. Give me all the wings. Send them to me. I love Buffalo wings. Don't care if they're drums. I don't care if they're flats. It does not matter. I'm going with the Bills. And the only reason is, is because they have something special going on right now. And, you know, I've said the past couple of weeks, yeah, maybe they shouldn't be in this position because they should have lost the Colts, should have could have would have. Baltimore completely outplayed them. They snuck out of that one um, because of Baltimore shooting themselves in the foot. But it's any given Sunday, and that game against Baltimore gave them that other level of confidence because not only did they get their first win but holy, in, in how, 25 years, but holy shit, they got two playoff wins, and, and, and now they're passing the division around going for a chance to get back to the Super Bowl, which is a demon that they cannot conquer. So we've seen, we've heard, we've seen all the jokes with the Bills not being able to finish in that. They want to put all that to rest. So, I mean, I think that's, I think that's what's going to be firing off on them a lot, and it's going to be interesting to see how they come out. I don't think they're going to try to do too much, but I think they're going to try to control the game. And, and you know, we always talk about control the line of scrimmage, control the clock, you know, time of possession, keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. They can do that. They can extend those drives. You know, they're a passing team, but also in the retrospect, you know, Chiefs can do the same. So defenses are going to come up big here too. Uh, so with that being said, you know, I'm taking the Bills over the Chiefs, 34-33. Um, my X factor is going to be the Bills secondary. You know, I could single in on the obvious of Tredavious White. 
Um, Jordan Poyer's been playing really well, but I think it's going to take everybody as a whole. They're not going to – they don't really have the secondary. It's going to follow somebody. I think with Tredavious and with the weapons that you have in the Chiefs offense, you don't need to trail. The way that they run their routes and concepts, you can really – you don't need to run man. Man is where they kill you. Maybe like if you run man under or two under. So, I mean, that might be a situation that you might be looking at that they might follow or trail somebody. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's going to come up to them, you know, who's going to stop Who's going to stop this high-powered offense. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is it's a great quarterback, but he's got an embarrassment of riches with, you know, you got Kelsey, you got Demarcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill. You know, Le'Veon Bell has been formidable in that offense. Damian Williams is back healthy. He's their, he's their, you know, he's their power guy. You know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I'm, I'm not sure if he's playing or not, but I haven't seen that he's out. And, um, you know, I, I think that that it's hard to stop that team. So my X factor is going to have to be the Bills secondary in order for them to win that game and go to the Super Bowl to face off against A-Rod. I see you. I see you. I love the upset pick, but I'm not as ballsy as you in that regard i'm taking the kansas city chiefs why am i taking the kansas city Chiefs? couple reasons one that the chance to be to, to go back to that nature boy rick flair quote that i love to throw out there to be the man whoa you gotta beat the man and earlier this year at buffalo on a monday on a monday afternoon or monday evening actually clot one clyde edwards he lair came into the game and had 26 carries for a buck 65 on the ground against that Bills defense. You can run on them, and Kansas City added Le'Veon Bell since then. So if anything, yes, they'll be back. They'll be back to stop Patrick Mahomes. Yes, they'll play a little more safe and rely on Jerry Hughes and Ed Oliver and Mario Addison to get after Mahomes. Do I think they're going to be able to? Not really, just because I think the ground game and the fact that they're going to be trying to stop Mahomes and make him drive make elongated drives to score i think that bodes well for that running game they can when they need to they're not a power running team or like they're not a strong running team by any stretch of the imagination but they can get it done when they need to they proved it when they played earlier this year i think they get it done again because of that not to mention buffalo doesn't have that devin singletary is not a featured back he's not a bad player nice little jitterbug with no with no breakaway speed but their running game is Josh Allen entirely, and Chiefs get to practice that every against someone who can get outside the pocket every single day, and arguably the best quarterback in the league in Patrick Mahomes. So they should be able to hone in on slowing down the Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs connection just because of the way they play and the cover two scheme that they ran against them earlier in the season, week six. Baltimore obviously saw that on the film and held that Bills offense to a measly 10 points. Baltimore's defense is better than Kansas City's. Scheme-wise... Kansas City has the players within that scheme to give Josh Allen and the Bills a difficult day. Do I think they'll hold them to 10? Absolutely not. I think this will be a high-scoring game, but I'm picking the Chiefs to win 38-35. to Let's go overtime, too. Why not? Make it a little dramatic. That's what I'm saying. Anywho, those are our picks for the conference championship games. For the first time, in a, for I mean, it's only two games, but we didn't agree on any, any picks, so here we go. Here we go. Who's going to be right this week? I'm going Red Bull. He's going Tailgate Bull because from what I've been told, the Bills and the Packers have arguably the two best tailgates in the NFL. I wouldn't know. I'll have to tell you if I ever go to Lambeau or to Orchard Park. But anyway, let's do a little bit of speculation in the offseason. The Lions have hired a new coach in Dan Campbell, former tight end coach and 
assistant to Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints. Today, they announced their hiring of Anthony Lynn to be their offensive coordinator. Shortly after that, Adam Schefter came out with a report saying both the Lions and Matthew Stafford are agreeing to mutually part ways this offseason. He hasn't been released, but they're currently looking for a trade partner. So, Grant, what are your top three destinations for Matt Stafford to go to this offseason? Well, first of all, I feel great for Matt Stafford. He's gotten out of the hellhole that he's been in since he's been in the league. That dude's been nothing but a consummate pro. Um, plays hurt. You know, he's the ultimate teammate. You hear players, I think you hear players of other teams praise him more than players on his own team. Like, I mean, I don't know how many times they talk about how, you know, elite that dude is, but he's just in a bad spot. And it sucks because it's like you wasted this guy's, you know, not his whole career, but a huge part of his career. Um, And, you know, they did Megatron dirty, so I don't really see why. But, you know, the money they gave him, you can't really turn that down. And he was drafted at the point where before they changed the rules on, you know, top draft picks of basically getting paid more than Pro Bowl quarterbacks when they first come in the the year. So he got a fat contract right out. I think he got the the biggest one. It was either him or Sam Bradford that that before they changed it, they got like the biggest contracts. It was like 40 or 50 mil or some shit. But – um, I think that he he hasn't complained. You know, he's done what he's done. You know, I, I shared earlier that video of, you know, when he got hurt, fucking like broke his collarbone basically and then came back in and threw the touchdown pass to win the game. You could tell like he wasn't faking it. That dude was in some serious ass pain. If I see that and I'm his teammate, dude, I'm running through a brick wall for a guy like that and call me the Kool-Aid man. But he's just, um, you know, I feel great for him. I hope he gets in a good situation, a good spot. Um, so to kind of get into that, you know, I, I put it out earlier uh, on Twitter as well um, at rare underscore ribeye. If you need me, holla. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people are talking about the Colts makes a ton of sense. Um, you know, Frank right there, uh, what they have as far as defense, you know, great defense, great young defense, um, skilled players that still have room to grow. They got money to spend. They could bring somebody else in if, you know, he does come there. It'd be a good place for him to kind of finish out. He's not he's not Philip Rivers, you know, he's not coming in for like a year or two maybe left in his career. The guy's got a lot of gas in the tank. Um I forgot what I think it was on the Pat McAfee show earlier this year and they had Aaron Rodgers on and he was kind of talking about, you know, ridiculous throws or players or quarterbacks that make ridiculous throws and they were talking about the no looks that Pat Mahomes does and you know, he was kind of joking about that, but he's like, man, he's like Matt Stafford, you know, you know, verbatim but um, you know, he's like Matt Stafford basically makes throws that he does that every week. And you don't see that because the NFL doesn't like hone it. You know what I mean? Like Patrick Mahomes is under a spotlight. That dude takes a shit and they're like, oh, my God, that's the greatest shit I've ever seen in my life. He didn't even have to wipe. He pinched it off clean. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just it's like it's it's like so annoying. But there's so many other better players or people that need more recognition um, that deserve it. And Matt Stafford's one of those guys. And I think that he's. He's got all the talent in the world, like I said, but I'd love to see him go in a perfect situation. So Colts, you know, are one of my tops. It's more like 1A, 1B. My favorite spot for him to go is San Fran. I think that makes the most sense to me. Being there with Kyle Shanahan, you know, genius on the offensive side. He likes those guys that get the ball quick, not afraid to fit the ball in the tight spaces based off – because they're a movement offense, you know. They don't have their positionless offense, and I really love how they've taken on that mantra – um Ravens do that on defense and they kind of not originated that on defense but they kind of were like one of the pioneers of like the fluid defense you know hybrid players you know 
Adelius Thomas going out to at cornerback, you know, like like players that don't play in usual positions. And I think that the the Niners do that on offense. And I love how they do that on offense because why are you why are you an X receiver? Why can't you be an X, a Z, a Y? an H like formations, mismatches, you create situational options and the, what he does in San Fran, Matt Stafford would eat like with the playmakers they have, with the running game they have, with the blocking scheme that they have. I mean, they could have, you know, a bottom, a bottom five offensive line. They could take the right side of the Ravens offensive line and probably make them pro bowlers off of his blocking scheme alone and what they can do within the offensive movement. So my number one team is going to be the Niners. Number two, Colts. My number three is more of a dark horse, and it's going to be hard for them to get out of what they're in, but it's the Falcons. Um, bringing in a new guy with Smith there as the head coach. What he did, you know, with the Titans, we talked about a little bit earlier. You know, he likes to get the ball out. He likes to get the ball down the field. You know, he's got guys there and, you know, Calvin Ridley, Hayden Hurst, Julio Jones. They need a running back, but, you know, when you have that much on the outside, you can pretty much just probably draft a guy or get a veteran off the market and completely be feasible and have, you know, a 700 to 1,000 yard rusher, you know, with what they could do in that offense. So, I mean, I think that that's a great spot for him. The only problem is, is Matt Ryan's contract just signed it in 2018. You know, he's getting ready to enter the third year of that deal. So, you know, him getting out of that deal, I think he's a 23 or 25 million cap hit. I want to say 23. But I think he counts about 40 against the Caps. It's not like they can cut him. But, you know, you don't really see player-for-player player trades. You throw some uh, some draft picks in there because they are a little bit older, longer in the tooth. You know, I think you can make it work. But, you know, sending Matt Ryan for a fresh start in, uh, in Detroit, you know, seeing what they could do for him. Maybe he could play out a year or two, buy his contract out. Boom, you know, he could opt out of his final year, end up back on the market, and get a fresh start in a year or two, you know, depending on what they decide to do with him. But at least you're getting something in return. Um, like I said, you don't see a lot of player for player deals. Be hard to get out of that. But if they could make it work, the Falcons would be a really good spot for him too. But let's go Shanahan, get him to San Fran. I dig it. And to your point about Matt Ryan, he would also be a good fit in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Obviously, that man was a former MVP when Shanahan was coaching the offense in Atlanta. So, I mean, if they want to move on from Jimmy G. Matt Stafford wouldn't be the only Matt they should look into this offseason. He can play. Not to mention getting a throw to Kittle, getting a throw to Brandon Ayuk, Kibo Samuel, hand off to Raheem Mostert. That'd be a dominant offense. They'd be much better than what they are with good old porn star Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. But anywho, my fits for Matt Stafford are essentially the same. But we'll go three, we'll go one to three. You mentioned the Colts already. I think he'd be excellent there. He's obviously got more zip on the ball than Phillip Rivers does. So you're not going to be sitting there watching little floaters damn near get picked off by DBs that he's that the Colts play against. Not to mention he's got Michael Pittman Jr. to roll with, Jonathan Taylor, and a nice offensive line in front of him. Naheem Hines out the backfield on third down, plus a defense. The Colts might be better than the Titans if they make that kind of a move this particular offseason. I was in on them last year. I was wrong. But, you know, that happens. And always You got to always look on the bright side of life when that happens. I agree with you on San Francisco. Same kind of zip, same kind of reasons. Debo to throw to, Brandon Ayuk to throw to, George Kittle healthy. Say maybe they take Kyle Pitts in the draft. There you got a two wide, two tight set with a couple play- with players who are mismatches against damn near everybody they go against. So that'd be a dominant offense with Stafford at the helm. My number three, I'm going to stay on the West Coast because there were rumblings earlier, or I want to say it was this week, maybe last week, that there's a little trouble in paradise in LA between Sean McVay and Jared Goff. 
So for my third pick, give me the Rams because McVay comes from the same kind of coaching tree as Kyle Shanahan. They both coached under Mike in Washington. McVay stood around, stuck around there a little longer, learning the West Coast offense more from Jay Gruden. So he's a great offensive mind. You got the running game there with Darrell Henderson and Cam Akers, but Cam Akers is looking like he's going to have that job come next year with the way he ran this postseason. Still got Robert Woods. Cooper Cup is was newly extended this past offseason. Tyler Higby's a nice tight end. They really wanted Gerald Efford to take off, and he's an all right player, but, I mean, Tyler Higby's the better of the two. But you still got those two. Van Jefferson's coming along. Nice route runner. Made that play last week against the Packers, scoring that touchdown. Josh Reynolds is a nice receiver three. He The cupboard would not be bare if he went to L.A. Plus, you got Aaron Donald in the defense, so. There was you not getting sacked by Aaron Donald would be a good thing. His best, most he could do in practice is maybe give you a hug. But yes, the Rams would be a great fit. My number one is the Colts, though. You give them an elite quarterback, they might be the favorites to come out the AFC, even over Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. Maybe I'm crazy, but hey, you never know. Do that defense played them very well the last time they went up against each other? So I'm not doubting them. I would lo- I would love to see him in blue and white. Not as necessarily as the opposing team, but for their fortunes next year, he'd be a damn good fit, especially with Frank Wright coaching them up. But anywho, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Zone 32 podcast. We will be back next week to recap what we saw in the conference championship games, along with hitting you with a little bit more news. But anyway, thanks for listening. Grant Jake. Zone 32, only on NeutralZoneInfraction.com. NZI Properties.